Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM 89.3. Let's welcome Jeremy now to the studio. Jeremy, thanks uh, so much for joining us here on Weekend Mornings, Money FM. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. What's going on? What's new? Well, uh, <laughs> lots going on with this. Yesterday with this, uh, or today? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Pinnacle concert's coming up. Yes, uh, yeah. the, uh, no, the Jazz Association Singapore Orchestra. We're doing our first Pinnacle concert. We play all over Singapore at community centers libraries, national parks, and so on and so forth. So uh, we, we wanted to do something to sort of play the pinnacle of our repertoire, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Also use it as a platform to uh, commemorate the bicentennial yeah. and Singapore-UK friendship. So we're going to invite a few great jazz musicians from the UK, including um, Alan Barnes, who's been twice uh, uh, voted Best Jazz Instrumentalist by the BBC. Wow. And, and other wonderful musicians to join us to play a concert of original as well as great arrangements of folk songs mm. and a few joint compositions as well. And that's going to be next Friday, right? The 15th? Next Friday at the Victoria yeah. Theatre. Oh, at the Victoria Theatre. That yeah, would be nice, huh? a nice, nice spot, isn't it? Yeah. And I see in the, uh, the press release you're going to display the orchestra's virtuosity. You're basically going to show off. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So what sort of things are you going to do to show off the orchestra's uh, virtuosity? Well, I guess in all our shows, there's a lot of great playing and great arrangements and composition. We play both tunes from the traditional jazz uh, American songbook oh, uh, repertoire. But, you know, we also are very much invested in presenting original compositions by local musicians and and, and also by, uh, you know, guest composers and arrangers as well. Mm. So we're going to be doing some tunes that are pretty interesting and, uh, you know, some sophisticated arrangements of folk tunes that I think uh, it's going to be a nice musical roller coaster ride. And it has a bicentennial theme yes. and celebrates the partnership between the, the UK and Singapore, the friendship between the UK and Singapore. So how are you going to do that? What have you got planned to celebrate the bicentennial? Well, we've got a very nice commission we've given to a young composer in the uh, UK by the name of Ruben Fowler, who's also a wonderful trumpet player. He's going to write... He's writing a piece we are rehearsing early this uh, next week called Synergy, which is really a nice uh, title for and really encapsulates the uh, relationship that Singapore has with the UK. Um, and uh, I've written the tune with Alan Barnes, and we've called it The Elephant in the Room. <laughs> That's great. That's <laughs> great. What was that, the inspiration? Is that a reference to post-colonialism? And no, no, it's really... A, it's really, uh, uh, you know, there's so, so many crises happening in the world now. So, yeah. and we're not naming any particular crises, of course. For, we, we would be here to, all day if you started be, naming them. Yeah. <laughs> but so what we want to do is we play the song and then let and, and everyone in the audience sort of uh, ruminate or meditate on their own favorite crisis. <laughs> and it's a very lighthearted tune. So uh, It's just a tune? Is There's no lyrics to this? There's or? no lyrics okay. to this. But I'm writing a tune also with Tina May, the wonderful British singer, who's also a professor in, uh, teaching vocals. She actually trained many of the top jazz singers in China. Right. Mm. Uh, the tune I'm writing with her is called From Oxford Street to Orchard Road. Nice. So that would be nice, kind of a jazzy Broadway 42nd Street kind of feel yeah. to it. Yeah. You yeah. mean the Oxford Street in Piccadilly, Singapore, right? In Salita. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. A fun take fun, on that, yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jer- Jeremy, you know, you have been you have been performing 
you know, how many decades now? Well, 43 years as a professional musician. So you started when you were five. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, there you Thank go. you. And <laughs> how have you seen the, the jazz scene in Singapore evolve? Because, you know, for many years, uh, international jazz stars come in, pass through Singapore. They do their concert. You pay $200 at, you know, the Esplanade or whatever for your ticket. Or come to the jazz festivals that one that you started, the Singapore Jazz Festival, and worked on in the early 2000s, yeah. for example. But how have you seen it uh, evolve as an event for Singaporeans to take part in? I guess everywhere in the world, jazz is cyclical. You know, it's, it has its up moments, and you know, it goes into doldrums occasionally. Where do you think we are now? Well, I think we're in a very interesting uh, matrix, actually, because on the one hand, uh, you know, we have more international-level musicians mm. of all ages. I mean, I have a 20-year-old saxophone player in the Jazz Association Orchestra who plays around town as well. And he plays at a level comparable to many top regional jazz musicians. Wonderful. And not just him, but a bunch of others that are doing really well. Rich Shee, the great flute player, is actually doing his master's degree now in a Jazz Association scholarship at Queen's College in New York. You know, Singapore just introduced uh, jazz as an O-level subject. So mm. all of a sudden, young people are ah. getting interested in it. And it's, that's very important. I see nearly 50% of the talks that the Jazz Association holds, the jazz appreciation talks, are people below 20 years old. I mean, this has never happened before. Wow. So the interest has really come up a lot uh, for, with everyone. And we go and play, you know, in, um, in not just in uh, Orchard Road or Esplanade. We go out and play in the neighbourhoods and stuff. So there's a lot of this interest happening. But on the other hand, the flip side is that there are not many... Uh, jazz clubs. I mean, maybe right. seven, eight years ago, there were like five, six jazz clubs in Singapore. And now there's only a couple, you know, which is Cool Cats and also Maduro, which is mm. on uh, Dempsey Hill, which I really like. It's a really state-of-the-art jazz club because it's got a beautiful piano and a very intimate setting. There used to be one in Arab Street as well, right by the concourse. The blue Jazz? Y- yes, Blue Jazz. No, yeah. Well, Blue Jazz, but then there was another one on the other side, opposite. Oh, it was in a hotel, a small boutique hotel that opened up. Really? Oh, that's, uh, that's right. Uh, you're right. The Sing Jazz Club, and before that, it was called the Sultan Jazz Club. Yeah, it was up, upstairs yeah, on yeah, the second was floor. That, Is that gone now? That's gone. I mean, there's oh. actually a, a, some kind of a dance club in there now. Mm. That's a pity, actually, because that was a nice spot as well. It's a nice little tight, tight yeah. room. You know, you get 15, 20 people in there. It really had a, a nice feel, you know, yeah, for that. Absolutely. And of course, Blue Jazz is not open for music and live music anymore. No, right? I mean, thankfully they're still doing well with uh, with their really uh, good sales in FMB. I mean, they really yeah. price very well and great food. But but yeah, it's a pity that they they, they lost their license. I hope they get it back. I think they're trying to get it back. Well, well, that's that good. was going to be my next question. And blue jazz is a nice way to segue into it because you you mentioned this paradox, which I find fascinating. On the one hand, there's a real interest rise in jazz because of education, outreach programs, going into the heartlands, your scholarships, oh. all of which is wonderful. Hmm. So the downside, the closing of jazz clubs, is it the usual bugbears, high rents, licensing? I mean, what are the issues that we have more jazz players but fewer places to watch them? Yes. Well, thankfully, I mean, you know, I'll get back to that, but thankfully, you know, there are lots of places that actually allow performance of jazz like Esplanades, Concourse, and, and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of performance of jazz but the club scene is is really on the wane for the time being. And I think it's partly to do with, I mean, very often F&B outlets, one of the main problems they have is high rent. Yeah, yeah it's And expensive. Singapore is always a big problem. You know, and so hard for F&B outlets to, to get enough staff. They have a lot of problems and... and 
But, you know, some people, when they want to do it, just like if you decide to be a musician, you don't care how difficult people tell you it is. I mean, people <laughs> who want to do a jazz club or, or love fine dining, they don't care how... It's a mission. It's a, it's a craziness. It's a mm. wonderful craziness. So how do you do it to so make it positive? I mean, I'm, I've got in front of me now your 45th album. Yes. Is, is that correct? So your 45th album, you've been doing it across mm. five decades. So the question is for young, enterprising jazz performers out there, how do you do it? I mean, you say it's a tough climb. It's never easy. How have you managed to persevere for so long? Well, I think one of the big assets that I inherited from my father is that I love people. Mm. And I think to be a musician, you mean to be cloistered and just be have your head down all the time, uh, trying to work in your craft is very, very important. But I think when you get out there and you play, you know, you play in the club, you got to talk to people. You know, I, I do things like if someone tells me that, oh, I, I'm sorry I have to leave early for the gig today because I've got to go and get my daughter ready for bed because tomorrow is a big school <laughs> dance recital. And when I see this person three weeks from then, I'll ask them, how was the dance recital? And I do that on a regular basis with everyone. So so people come and watch me play and hang out in my shows, not just because they want to hear my music, but because... I'm interested in them, and so they are very interested in showing. Of course, we're in conversation with Jeremy Montero, the master of jazz in Singapore, and Neil Humphreys here on Money FM. Jeremy, when you look at the style of the up-and-coming Singaporean jazz musicians, you know, when we look at people from the U.S. or from Europe, we can see definite influences in the style, in the way they present their music. What do Singaporeans bring to the jazz table? when it comes to, of course, they're trained maybe in other places around the world. What is the Singaporean experience that adds to their voice? Well, I think most of the current crop of Singapore jazz musicians really try their best to be authentic. They want to be really true to the spirit of what's happening now at the cutting edge of jazz performance and jazz composition. Mm. And, uh, you know, there are good attempts sometimes to fuse uh, the music that we're influenced by and, and so on and so forth here in Singapore with jazz. It's not easy, like fusion food, to do that and not be contrived. You know? yeah. So I think like, if you get a, a Chinese chef in Italian food, he, he wants to be as good as Nona over in you know, some Torino or something like that. He doesn't want to <laughs> really try and mix uh, you know, sambal with, uh, you know, unless he's deliberately trying to do fusion food. So a lot of the jazz musicians really try to be as authentic. Now, once they have that grounding, I guess they try to you know, open up the boundaries a little bit and try to find a way to infuse uh, local the local experience and the local sounds in a way that they feel is not contrived. Mm-hmm. And does it become interpretative in, in the sense that then you put your own spin on it? I mean, I'm looking at your album here, Jeremy Montero, Overjoyed, which is your take on Stevie Wonder's live. So do you put your own spin on it or do you try to be as loyal to the, the source material as possible? How do you do it? I do both. I mm. mean, I, I love playing straight ahead, mainstream jazz and so on and so forth. And when I play the Bossa Nova album that I also uh, passed to you, Brazilian, Brazilian Dreams. Dreams, it's very, very much uh, uh, authentic, you know, Bossa Nova, Samba and stuff yeah. like that. But I have a band, Asiana, which was actually formed to open for Simon and Garfunkel one time. Huh. And we mix Indian uh, tabla drums and tavils and Chinese flutes together with instruments and I, I actually love doing uh, fusion music uh, with Stevie uh, there are some tunes that have a nice jazz sheen but you know I'm very respectful of Stevie he's my favourite pop artist of all time so huh. you know it's a lot of like, funky R&B soulful maybe a little more jazz just turned up the jazzy on, on his music but it's really <laughs> hard to 
you know, people like Michelle Legrand, for example, I mean, I wouldn't presume to go and reharmonize Michelle Legrand, the master of harmony. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> What's the next phase for you? Where do you go, you know, as you look at your career as it's moving forward? Everything you've accomplished from your own personal career to the jazz festival to so many different things, helping young musicians come up. Where, where do you go from here? Well, as a musician, I've continued to really work on my craft. I still practice, uh, you know, four or five days a week a week uh, for an hour and a half for maintenance and two or three or four hours when I'm doing something <laughs> as important as playing with the Singapore Symphony Orchestra <laughs> for two or three weeks before the concert. Yeah. So I still do that and I find that also to be my sort of sanctuary that, that I create sitting down in front of the piano. Hmm. But I think my focus now is to try and make sure that uh, as I grow older and uh, receive from the scene that is, the scene will continue to thrive and uh, working with young musicians like uh, our associate music director at the Jazz Association Singapore to make sure there's succession in the association uh, musically as well as uh, administratively. Uh, just wanting to make sure that more and more people get involved in listening and appreciating jazz and having fun with it more than it. Yeah. The most important thing, right? So I, I guess that's my current mission. Continue to sit at the piano and practice, but also to try to broaden and deepen the scene and get more people involved and, and, and just enjoy themselves. Yeah. One of the things I most admire about you is you are an inspiration to the next generation because you have done something that I am personally very passionate about, which is you have broken out of the Singapore bubble, which is all credit to you for doing that. You know, you've played internationally. You've sat alongside the greats of jazz, been a part of orchestras all around the world. This idea that because you're Singaporean artist of any description, whether you're a jazz pianist or, a, or an author or whatever it may be, you can't break out of Singapore. And I think that's a wonderful inspiration to pass to the younger generations, isn't it? That you can play anywhere. If you've got the talent, the dedication, the practice, there's nowhere you can't take your talent. And I think you've proven that, right? Yes, sometimes, you know, people think that I'm actually being discouraging to young musicians, telling them how hard it is and so on. But when I find people mm. ignoring my admonition, you know, I, I actually then turn around and flip and become extremely supportive because because I know that these people are not going to walk away. <laughs> so I might as well try and, you know, help them to realise that everything everything is possible. I mean, Singapore is a wonderful, small place. We have no hinterland. So on, on commerce, it's amazing how, you know, that we, we own, for example, 5,000 double-decker buses. In, uh, in, exactly. You know, and so, uh, you know, I think it, it, artists as well have got to realize that Singapore is home base, but we must go everywhere in the world and, and, and bring our art and our craft and uh, touch people all over the world. Fantastic. Well, people are going to be able to see your craft on display uh, the 15th of November, Friday night, the Jazz Association of Singapore Orchestra Pinnacle Concert. I assume tickets are available online. And yes. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us it's today. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.